Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and open radio conversation. Did you know that this year marks the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's Reformation? 500 years since the Reformation. It always blows my mind when we're singing, you know, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. It's like we're, we're singing a hymn written by Brother Luther himself. It's pretty cool. Well, it all sounds so easy now, right? The Reformation, big deal. William Wilberforce, you know, helped pass the laws that freed the slaves. Yeah. The pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. Oh, yeah, we just celebrated that Thanksgiving a few weeks ago. Colonialists, you know, they, they fought and won their freedom from Great Britain, you know, 1776. You know, America's born. Awesome. Good deal. Good job, guys. Well, if that's the way you view these events, you know, then you're really not paying attention. Or, or you know, maybe you've just heard it too much. You know, you heard it in school and you know, you know the history, um, but it's just not really doing much for you. Well, I mean, that's the point. Think again. You know, the, the, the literal blood, the sweat, the, the, the tears, the, the agony, the fear, the, the grind, the absolute determination and willingness to, to fight for a cause that you believe in despite the odds. All these examples were either, you know, small groups of people or leaders who, who held to their convictions higher than their own personal comforts and and and, and the real story or, or or the backstory to all of these uh, great people and, and and movements was the death the people that we don't talk about the people who actually died fighting for this and these causes and there were many many we're just remember the ones who lived and fought through and one. But see, I'm in awe of these people and movements, especially Martin Luther. I, mean, I, I can't imagine going against not just your church, not, not just the church, but the church. I mean, at that time, the, the, the only church with, with really the, the Orthodox movement primarily being in, in the East, uh, you know the the world wasn't as connected as today. Christianity was only about uh, about one thing: that the universal church, the the Catholic Church. That's what Catholic means. It means universal. The only real Christian church was from Catholicism, from from the Pope, until Luther, until Luther. And yes, there were there there were seeds and there were other voices before Luther, but nothing really happened until Luther. And I want you to think about that for a moment. If you see abuse, if, if you see error, if you see areas of improvement in your, your, your Christian organization or church, would you say anything if it meant that everybody would ostracize you? What if it meant you 
would be considered a, a rebel? What if you would be considered a heretic? You know, we don't use that term much anymore, and I doubt you've ever been called a heretic. But what if you knew that having a different position with everybody else, even though your position was right and biblical and you could quote scripture, you'd be called a heretic and probably burnt at the stake? Do you speak up? What if it meant you might be separated from everybody you know and love? You're gonna, you're, you're, your belief is going to now isolate you from family and friends. Isn't that what Jesus meant when he said, I, I came to separate families? What if it meant imprisonment or worse? What if, what if it meant torture and, and death? Well, where did Luther get, get his spine from? Right? I mean, we see abuses all over the place, and yet we, we stay pretty quiet, don't we? You know, our, our, our country has been transformed from the Christian foundation of being a city on a hill to almost, you know, we almost elected a, a socialist and the other one a neo-communist. I mean, where, where are we going? And none of them love Jesus. They're all their heart, mind, and soul is, as our Christian forefathers did. Well, 500 years after the great Protestant Reformation, are we still in need of Reformation or a new one? Where, you know, where are the Luthers, the Wilberforces, the Bradfords? When Thomas Jefferson and, and Benjamin Franklin and, and John Adams, when they, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, did you know they were committing an act of treason against King George? I mean, they, they were signing the, it was, it was their, you know, they, they might as well have been signing their, their, uh, you know, their will and testament for the, for death. That's what they were doing when they did the declaration of independence. You can't commit treason against your country. Well, unlike our founding fathers who, who were seeking independence from British monarchy, Luther was, was seeking clarity from his church. He, he really wasn't suggesting a split. What he wanted was his church reformed, and that's a big difference, and that's something that we really have to get our, our mind wrapped around and understand. Uh, he was in protest of his church, ergo Protestant, that's what Protestant comes from, Reformation to, to, to reform, to reform by protest, not to split, not to break apart, to change it. Boy, that's a hard thing to do. Whew. His protest began in earnest when, when Luther you know, posted his 95 thesis on the church door in Wittenberg in 1517. That, that's the year we celebrate. And that would be kind of like you. You walking in, the, in right in the middle of your, the, your elder board meeting, right? With, here's a list of concerns that I have with, with what's going on in our, in, in our church. And, and on that list is going to... to implicitly indict all the elders in that room because they're the ones who are abusing it, right? Could you do that? Would you do that? How would you do that? And even though, you know, Luther was, was, was a, a humble, rigorous monk, you know, don't think that he was, you know, just a, an, you know, ignorant savage, right? I mean, he, he was a well-educated lawyer, skilled in writing, Debate and later he would actually use his his Greek and Hebrew training to to translate a German Bible, and so here he is. This, but he's still just a 
poor monk at this time. And, you know, who is he to say anything? Who is he to do anything? Well, he was heavily influenced by, by St. Augustine and the primacy of the Bible. Luther was, was literally transformed by comparing Scripture to policy. While sitting in his, in his room as a monk and in, in deep prayer and, and, and battling his own demons, as his own literature uh, noted, he, he was processing and the obvious discrepancy between the Bible and, and his church. And, and, and he had to make a decision. He could see the abuse in the church was completely unchecked. There was, there was no accountability. The Pope told kings what to do. The, the Pope controlled armies. And I, I want you to consider the, the great cathedrals in, in, in Europe, you know, the Notre Dame in, in, in France being, being built at a time when literally most people were dirt poor. Dirt poor. Any scrap of coin they had went towards giving it to the church while, while they can barely eat. And what did the church do with it? Well, they ate well. They built cathedrals. They, they dressed well. They, they maintained power. And they used salvation as a barter. Just imagine if Billy Graham uh, came around. The Billy Graham crusade concluded at the end with this promise for, for the forgiveness of sins. And, and all you had to do was cut a check. Just cut me a check. Or the promise that you could could bring back your loved ones and they could be purchased from purgatory by some cash. Just drop some cash. I thought Jesus purchased us with a price. I thought grace was a free gift. I thought we were adopted by God. I thought Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Well, so did Luther. And to a great extent, I believe and fight for the same doctrines because Luther was my trailblazer. But am I more like Luther or more like the others who sat around and did nothing? It's easier to do nothing. And it's easier said than done to do what Luther did. There are, there are few Luthers in the history of the world for a reason. I mean, what was the 95 thesis? It was, it was a direct indictment of the church. And, you know, some of the highlights of, of the 95 thesis were, 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 were that, you know, the, the church was, was trying to replace Jesus as, as Lord Master. Jesus said to repent, and he intended that, that the entire life of a believer should be in repentance. And that means that you can't just pay for it. You can't just buy your repentance, go out and do whatever you want to do, and then show back the next week and, and pay for it. Another example was, you know, during Luther's time that they, they preached that, you know, man-made doctrines— were, were, were more important than, than the scriptures himself. The Pope literally had more weight than the Almighty and the Cardinals as well. And so they, 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 they can write, you know, mandates and, and, and send out their, their, their people like Tetzel who would go, you know, from city to city and he would literally sell what were called indulgences, you know, so he would, Walk into a city and you know and 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 sell people the opportunity to be saved or to save others to pay for sin. Well, that was completely man-made. There was nothing in the scriptures that said that. You know the the, the other issue, which was was huge, was 
and, and the true treason of the church is that the most holy gospel of, of the glory and the grace of God saved by grace alone becomes then the first anchor of the Reformation. We are saved by grace. Remember, grace is a free gift from God. For, for by grace you've been saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? And so that becomes under direct attack. The, the papal authority was then a, a huge issue. And then the second anchor of, of the Reformation, because it was going to be a battle between what was more important, what the Bible says or what the Pope says. And so when we come back, we'll take another look at 500 years of Reformation. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're remembering a great event in human history, a great event in Christian human history, and that is the Reformation. 500 years ago, Martin Luther took a stand against the church. He didn't take a personal stand as a personal vendetta. It wasn't a, a, a fight for money. It wasn't a, a battle for power, for titles, for denominations. It, it, it was a battle for Scripture, the, the primacy of Scripture. Because Luther went to the Word of God and ultimately trusted God's Word, and God's Word was first and foremost— and so because of that, even to the extent of his local priest, cardinals, the Pope himself, Luther had to take God's word over anybody, anything else, if it contradicted. And so we're faced with the same dilemma today. What happens when your church, when your organization, when your family, they're just not following scripture? It clearly states exactly what needs to be done. One of the great debates that we see all the time around school is, you know, the conversation of don't judge, don't judge. We just had a conversation about this the other day. It's, it's very clear in the Bible that we judge. Of course we judge sin. That, that's, that's why there's consequences for disobedience. What we don't do is, 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 is judge in a manner that's hypocritical. We, we don't judge somebody else for sins that we commit tenfold more. But the whole concept of Matthew 18, and when I see a brother who's stumbling in, in order to win them over, I'm, I, I'm judging that adultery is, is wrong and sinful, right? I'm judging that, that murder is wrong and sinful. I'm judging that lying and stealing and, 
and, and, and strife are things that the Lord hates. And so I'm not standing in judgment, but I am judging between the right and wrong of it. No different than standing out in the street and a police officer judging that you're going 105 miles an hour in a 40-mile zone. And so we've, we've really lost sight of the, what's important. And, and Luther didn't. Luther kept his wits about him. And he, and he understood that, that the Bible was, was essential. And even when he saw his own, his own church violent, he, he had to take a stand. He had to do something about it. And so I thought it would be appropriate just to kind of highlight some of, uh, some of a few Bible verses that really had significance in the Reformation. This is really what catapulted Luther in the Reformation. You know, Romans 1.17, the, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So, so righteousness is, is from God, and it's revealed from God in his written word. And so Luther identified this as you know, one of his, his key inspirations because what he saw was a powerful reminder that, that through faith in, in, in God's grace and not through good works that humans are justified before God. And so the idea that you were going to work off your sin— through good deeds, or serving, volunteering, or payment, literal payment of cash, was ludicrous. Because that's not where righteousness comes from. It doesn't come from your checking account. It comes from God. And Ephesians 2.8.9 makes that very clear. For you are saved by grace, not by money, not by serving. You're saved by grace, through faith. It's, 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 it's a trust thing, right? You, you have faith. And it's not even of yourselves. This is a gift of God. Your, your faith is, is the grace that you received. It's not even anything that you have anything to do with. It's, it's a gift. It's an absolute gift. You open it up, and there it is. It's another verse that em- emphasizes salvation as this this free gift, not something that you could ever earn or, or achieve through merit. It's a key belief of the reformers. It's still something that we struggle with today, thinking that there's something that you need to do in order to be right. First Peter 2.5 you know, says, like living stones, let yourselves be built into spiritual houses to be, to be a holy priesthood, to, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, one of the most, you know, provocative and controversial beliefs of the reformers was that, you know, because every Christian is considered part of the priesthood, there there's no scriptural basis for the office of of a priesthood that would then demand payment for atonement for sin. That's ridiculous. In fact, the, the idea of the, the priesthood as the, the mediator that we even see in the Bible is eliminated through Christ, who is our perfect high priest. We have no mediator anymore. He is the mediator. We have direct access to God. And so a huge fundamental error in understanding even the office of, of, of the priesthood then is, is rectified in the, in the Reformation. 2 Timothy 3.16, that, that all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and, and training in righteousness. 
And so the pillar then of the Reformation is, is Scripture itself, sola scriptura, the belief that the Bible contains everything we need. So we don't need stacks and stacks and stacks of books and commentaries of men when the Bible clearly states it, do we? It's the same problem that we have today. Some of us are reading way too many other books other than the Bible. Read your Bible first several times, then start reading some other books. But read your Bibles. You you should know what your Bible says. Then you can identify when you hear error. You can identify when you hear, well, that's not the the complete verse. You're taking that verse out of, out of context. Cause I've read that verse before. It's, it's, it's essential that we, we understand this. It's essential that we understand that, 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 that it's not tradition. Then that's really the point of, of my show is that we don't use tradition. We don't use denominational circles. We don't use our, our, the contextualization of where I live as an American. Who cares that you're an American? We just housed some, some Australians uh, last week. Uh, you know, they're part of a ba- high school basketball team. They don't think like we do. They're from another country. You know, I went to a seminary with men from all over the world. They, they don't have the same hang- hang-ups that we have. They have different ones, right? And they have different beliefs. But at the end of the day, you know what? Let's not think like a German. Let's not think like an Italian. Let's not think like an Australian. Let's not think like an American. Let's think biblically. That's what we're called to do. So at Rainier Christian Schools, we, you know, we have these great opportunities, uh, not only with you know, the Australian kids you know, that came through, but you know, just w- with, with our own students to take a look and, and, and clearly you know, understand what was the Protestant Reformation about? Was this just one man's you know, doctrinal and spiritual conviction, or was it actually a, a fight for biblical authority? You know, the, the idea then of Colossians 2.8 that says, you know, that, that we need to hold every thought captive. That, that's one of the things we challenge our students with. You know, this is a very important part of the process of Christian education. Our, our students are trained to not be mindless sheep, but to be like Bereans, searching the scriptures, not just running around and in, 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 in around a circle table throwing out thoughts or ideas, but actually taking the Word of God and processing that. You know, we, we understand that our students will, will be blessed not, not by, you know, walking in the path of the wicked or standing in the seat of sinners or sitting in the seat of mockers, but, you know, we want to train them to be students that, that delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night so that they can work through their questions and their concerns, not, not just be told. Uh, that's a very dangerous proposition. One of the amazing things about being an American is we have opportunities to pick the schools we go to, to pick the books we read, uh, to pick the influences that we have, the churches that we go to. It's, it's a great thing. One of the biggest problems facing Luther's community was ignorance. that They didn't read. They, they didn't, most of the people were illiterate, and if they had books, well, they didn't, imagine this. They didn't have the Bible in German. They didn't have it. I mean, that seems unconceivable to us at this time. And so that was, again, one of the reasons why Luther realized it was so important to put a Bible in the hands of the people so that the people could understand without the leader, without the, 
the the preacher without the the priest what god's word actually did and did say and so luther wasn't trying to make a name for himself he wasn't trying to blow up the church what he was trying to do was to fix it he trusted in god's word so he trusted god's provision the men like daniel shadrach meshach and abednego they didn't start uprisings when they were captive in babylon old testament prophets didn't start movements And so what do we glean? What do we learn from this? 500 years later, what's our response? How do we respond when the gospel is being twisted? How do you respond when the Bible is being ignored? How do you respond when leadership is abusing power? The answer is not rioting, not being rude, not fighting with fire with fire, being pragmatic. Luther was direct, honest, but more importantly, driven biblically at all times. There are no excuses for us. In Luther's times, there were no radio shows, Christian schools, Bible translations in every language, and yet he was still able to be strong and faithful to the Scriptures. So before you miss the 500-year celebration of the Great Reformation, review some of the areas in your life that need reforming, and think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.